Hello, everybody. Thank you again for joining me on the Keto Endurance Podcast. I have an amazing guest, Sandra Fron from Urban Ketopia. Come on, Urban Ketopia. I don't know. I was going to say Keto Urban Ketopia. I'm like, that's not right. No. No. So, Sandra. (laughs) Go ahead, Stephanie. Sorry. That's all right. We're going to talk about how Sandra found keto and um, then her amazing transformation from being very unhealthy to very fit and healthy and feeling fabulous, which <laughs> I'm 50 and Sandra's older than me, but she looks amazing. And a lot of people don't realize how old I am. And I think it's because of keto. I think keto is keeping us young. Well, I think so. It's funny because my daughter just showed me a picture from two years ago. And I mean, not only is my body composition different, but she she said, I look younger today than I did two years ago. And, you know, it it just lends to the whole aging backwards thing with keto, which I truly believe. And uh, when I look at pictures of Peter as well, like, it's even more so for him, of course, because it always is for the men, right? Yeah. So Peter is Sandra's husband. Peter is my husband. Yes. And he's a super cool guy. So I met Sandra and Peter on the low carb cruise, the keto cruise with Jimmy Moore. And we just had the best time. And oh my God, I'm, it was great. Yeah. I'm so thankful that I met you and all the other cool keto peeps. It's just like, you feel like home, like, Oh, I've met my, I here, here's my people. Exactly. Like a tribe, right? I really like that word on Instagram because it's our tribe and you're surrounding yourself with people that you can talk to that don't think you've lost your mind. And, you know, you can share your ideas with and hear some great things from them too. So it's just a constant conversation about keto and carnivore and it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy it. So let's help the the people listening. We want to give them information to help them. And I would say this is probably a show for newbie keto people of why you want to go keto. So the first one, let's talk about your diet and health before you started keto. What did your life look like? Well, I always start with, I started running when I was 35. So I've never stopped running. So I always had that running kind of thing going. But when I turned after 48 and when I turned 50, I was back in a slump. I looked inflamed. I certainly didn't have the body that I did. I mean, I didn't expect to anyway, but when I turned 50 and I saw what I was turning into, I wasn't going to be someone who was going to be resigned to aging. My joints were hurting. I was depressed again. My anxiety had come back full force and I just wasn't happy at all. So when I went to my doctor, my OBGYN for antidepressants, she put me on HRT and, you know, we never discussed diet at that point. That's hormone replacement. So for those who don't know, HRT is hormone replacement therapy. Therapy, because when we age, we lose our hormones. So that's supposed to make you feel like a 20 year old again. <laughs> so that was her decision and solution to me gaining back my clarity and my happiness. So that didn't sit well with me because I knew everything there was to know about HRT and I knew the cancer risks. And despite uh, saying that with her, she said that it's much better to feel happy and you don't have to stay on it for long than to be miserable. So, you know, I believed her and I went on HRT. But at the very same time, I started listening to someone here in Toronto who was carnivore. And it just piqued my interest because at that time I thought that was just so radical. But I started reading about what she was doing and why she was doing it. And the reason why she did it, and she's 27. And uh, the reason why she did it is she had autoimmune issues. She had severe depression and anxiety. Uh, She's had ankle replacements and hip replacements because of her joint issues. And uh, she started 
dabbling with her diet. And the first thing that she gave up was dairy. And it just went from there until all she eats is beef salt water. And I think we all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Michaela. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just because you, you appreciate her nutrition recommendations doesn't mean you have to go along with any other political views or anything else. So, of course. Yeah. That's, that's completely different. Right. I just found her so different and rather, and I've always been a rebel. So that, I guess it kind of resonated with me. Right. But I think the story is super compelling. Someone who is very exactly. young and not like frails, very young, but still so frail that they are not even a functioning human being. Exactly. Exactly. And I know her father was in tears talking about her and, and you know, he said, was saying at one point that she was dying. You know, she was just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So when she finally uh, took out the carbohydrates and the dairy and I mean, she did incorporate vegetables at first. I think she's been uh, carnivore for two years now. But when I was reading about her, she had just gone carnivore. So it piqued my interest. And the first thing I did that I read on her thing was I eliminated dairy. And just by doing that alone made such a difference in my life that that's when the whole fire started. And I just went from there because I thought, surely if diet makes this much of an impact on your health and well-being, your doctors would be telling you, right? And right. Well, that's the big question, isn't it? Right. Like, exactly. why, don't, why don't doctors know? I mean, we know the answer now because yeah. we're just not taught it. But I guess, you know, I'm guilty of it too as an uninformed layperson and patient. Mm -hmm. I went along with what my doctor had told me for years because I had chronic allergies and asthma. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. I would ask, well, why do I have asthma? Well, you just have yeah. asthma. They don't have an answer. No. Well, at least my doctors didn't. I mean, multiple doctors didn't have an answer. No. And I suffered from terrible sinus conditions before to the extent that I posted about this actually, that I lost my sense of smell for almost a year. And my doctor sent me to a specialist who wanted to put me on this steroid spray for the rest of my life. And I looked at him and I said, you know, you want me to spray steroids, in, you know, so close to my brain. And he laughed at me and he just dismissed me. And he said, I've got patients in here who are 80, 90, who have been on steroids most of their life. Most of their life. Yeah. That's nice. I've been on a drug your whole life. No, go on. Uh, right? Right. And he walked away laughing and in a condescending tone, made notes to himself and his little voice recorder thing saying, I've assured my patient that she won't lose any limbs. And no, I didn't take the steroid spray. And when I went keto, my smell came back, by the way. Awesome. So, well, yeah. yeah. You know, I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget how condescending he was to me. But I think um, they're taught that. I think they're taught that your patients are stupid. You know, they don't know. You You know, I'm, I was in the army and not so much, you know, of course, this is different. But they teach the officers like you're special, you know, because mm -hmm. you're an officer. So you have mm -hmm. to lead. And I don't know that the, they do the same for their patients. But there's just some some sort of arrogance that many doctors have. Not all, but many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, after reading Dr. Barry's book about, you know, how medical students oh. went through and stuff, but you'd think that they'd want to learn, you know, yeah, and but you I learn from your patients and but listening. But and have you read uh, anything from Colin Champ? Do you know who that is? No. Dr. no. So he's a cancer, well, a radiologist, cancer doctor in Philadelphia, but he wrote this book called Something Medicine, which I can't think of it now. He said when he went to, got his undergraduate, I think he was at MIT, he said, I was taught critical thinking. But then when I went to medical school, you're not taught critical thinking. You're just taught right. how to memorize certain things and then yeah. regurgitate. Yeah. And that, you know how frightening that is? It's Everybody horribly frightening. 
Yeah, it, they rely and they depend on their doctor's advice. These people are gods to most of us, right? Because we have nobody else to turn to but our doctors right. for our health. And if we want to live a healthy lifestyle, that's who we turn to. So it was incredible that I could take my life into my own hands by diet alone. Like it was just, it was just fascinating to me and it's never stopped. I just can't get enough. It's pretty empowering too. Empowering to know that like, hey, this works to make me healthy. And happy and strong. Yeah. All of the above. And we had uh, talked earlier about how even though we feel like fabulous, like we're aging backwards, it doesn't make us invincible, which we sort of feel like it should. (laughs) Well, this is it. And as soon as we have a reaction to something, whether it's a food or a life event, we go, okay, hold on a second. I'm supposed to be fabulous here and energetic and feeling (laughs) happy all the time. This is not acceptable. Yeah. One little sniffle and we're like, hell, what what (laughs) is going on? I am. Um, I'm bulletproof. Exactly. You feel like you're wearing armor all the time. So one little thing really sets you back, but yeah. it doesn't take to recover whatever it is. Right. That's I, what it's, uh, your expectations are raised quite a bit. Oh, yeah. The bar is really raised really high. That's, it's really funny. Right, so um, let's talk about, did you go straight from standard American diet to carnivore? Cause it sounds like. No, no, no. I was ketogenic. The longest time. Yeah. Well, I was paleo first. I mean, I did, so I've been doing this low carb thing for a long time. But so I yeah. first, first did paleo when paleo was super big. And then I went low carb paleo and then carnivore. And then unfortunately, I decided that I was going to add back in dairy because um, yeah. a lot of carnivore people do dairy yeah. and I will yeah. tell you I have not had good results and oh, dairy, no. and dairy is so freaking hard for me to get rid of that is almost worse for me to ditch than I'll sugar be honest, I'll be honest Stephanie that's still my vice and I go up and down and I mm-hmm. move it and comes back in and I love it and yeah it's it's still my vice and I know it's terrible for me I know it raises my inflammation and but, oh, my God, coffee and cream. Oh, it's well, let so- me tell you. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what. So, Tiffany, I have been struggling with my hormones and getting, which we've talked about before, but my weight is creeping up and I am not happy about it. Mm-hmm. So, I have decided that me and Tiffany Davis, she has a pretty big following on, um, and she's also uh, the same coaching that you're doing. She did the coaching program with Maria. Oh, oh, so she's a, a coach from Maria's program. Right. Oh, Tiffany, okay. So Tiffany Davis and I have decided that we were going to just do meat, salt, and water. And we're mm-hmm. going to start tomorrow. And okay. yet she has a problem with coffee, which I had switched to decaf a while ago. Well, about a week ago, not a while. <laughs> a week. <Yeah. laughs> let's, let's not exaggerate. <laughs> so I... I we challenged each other. I didn't, she says I challenged her, but she's, I, you know, she challenged me. We're going to mm-hmm. do 30 days of just salt, meat and water. And I think I'm just going to do ground beef because I like it. And if I want a steak, I'll eat it. If I want some salmon or whatever, I'll eat it. But, or if I want cod liver, which is yes. what I had for lunch, I'll eat that. Other than that, we're just going to stick to the water, no coffee, no cheese, no dairy, no cream for 30 days. Well, I just need, I mean, talk about HR, hormone replacement therapy. I just recently went on hormone replacement therapy just because I felt horrible. And I think some of it was a little bit, well, a little bit of was overtraining for sports, which can sometimes be a problem for me. but. I started to feel fabulous, but then I, my weight creeped up and I was like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting okay. sidetracked. I want to talk about you. So transitioning from keto to carnivore, let's talk about how did it make you feel that your doctor didn't know how to help you and that there's all this information out there that's really not promoted or advertised or anything like that? How did it make me feel? Well, yes. Um, 
it makes me so angry that again, that a schmuck like me can read all this information. And when I say read, I don't mean internet, I mean books, because there's so much lack of information and misinformation on the internet. And now what I'm hearing about PETA buying stocks in the social media. It's so horrible. Uh, Yeah, they're controlling what we can search. So we're not getting all the information out there. Yes. So we've got to read your resources. And if I have availability to all these resources and I can read, it just, it makes me angry that our doctors aren't helping us and that's what they're there for. So I guess it fueled this whole coaching thing with Maria for myself because I wanted to be as knowledgeable as possible and I wanted to help people as much as I I possibly can. I mean, you know, I don't I don't give myself enough credit and uh, as I was telling you earlier about the people at the expo, they're just craving for someone to help them. And I get it because I'm I'm even at that stage, right? I mean, you know, the this uh, lifestyle is always up and down and there's always something to learn, even when you think you know everything. There's oh my gosh. Something. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's one thing I can say. The more I know, the more I don't know. I mean, there's some things yeah. I've got, like some basics figured out, but yeah, you appreciate individual differences a lot more the more you know as well. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the big thing too, is how individual this lifestyle is. Like everybody is different. Everybody has a food sensitivity. Everybody, you know, has high or low hormones or an autoimmune issue, whether it's Hashimoto's or celiac. And they might be walking around without even knowing it, right? Because they, their labs. Or even type type two diabetic. There's a lot of people walking around who are type two diabetic and they, they have no idea. Exactly. Exactly. And there's so many diets out there and and they think keto is a fad, but there's so many diets that as long as it fits into your macros and these people are eating pizza and donuts and they think it's okay. And that's such a scary thing. Or even people like people think all I know about keto is that it's high fat. Well, I mean, high fat is a relative term because there are nine calories per gram of fat. So even though you have like, you know, six ounces of beef and mm-hmm. six ounces of tallow, beef fat, the beef tallow is going to have much more, you know, fat in total calories. So even though it's the same weight, mm-hmm. the ratio of fat is still much higher. So mm-hmm. people think they have to add gobs and gobs of fat. And oh, it's like, well, no, you bad. just have to eat fatty food that comes in nature. Like right. Eat- a fatty steak, eat some liver, add a little butter to your vegetables if you're going to eat vegetables. And mm-hmm. that's really all you need. You don't need to add like gobs of butter to a coffee unless that yeah. works for you, but that's not part of keto. You, do not, you don't have to force feed yourself fat. No. And I, I tell people in the beginning that might be okay, especially right. when you want to train your body to use fat for fuel. Right. So and if you it, feel like you're starving. Right. Yeah. In the very beginning. My daughter, I think I told you, she just went keto. I think it's, she's starting on week three now. She went through that, right? She was, she was starving and she was hungry and she looks at me and, and Peter and it's like, why don't I feel like you guys? You know, and I said, give it time, give it time. So, yeah. you know, she's eased back off the fat. Now she's, she's upping her protein, easing back on the fat and she's well on her way to that. But getting back to the fat in the beginning, it's good. But I think people get confused because they think that's a constant thing and it's not right i agree yes so it's important in the beginning especially if you have some some mental issues like you have depression or something like that Mm -hmm. that fat can be very healing but also for me i could never do super ridiculously high fat because i had poor digestion i'm sure it's from years of endurance training and Right. So it ant- just went right through you? Yeah. So I would get end up with massive diarrhea. So I typically leaned more you know, higher protein than a lot of yeah. endur- and I'm doing digestive enzymes now, so it's a little better. And that's even something new. I've been doing this for ten years and I just barely started using digestive enzymes. You but just uh, started using digestive en- enzymes. 
Yeah. I mean, I was using a little bit before, but not, I don't think I was, had a high enough dose to really make a difference, but mm-hmm. I didn't See, realize how much digestive enzymes I needed. Well, and that's the other thing too. I wonder as we age, regardless of being ketogenic or carnivore, you know, things are constantly going to be changing, right? I don't um, know. You yeah. know, we just you have, have to, a good point. Yeah. I, we don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll part just of the learning to- process. Exactly, exactly. And we're so, as we mentioned before, we're so fine-tuned now that anything out of whack, we'll know immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how uh, more in touch with your body you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know about yeah. you, but when I was inflamed all the time, I couldn't pinpoint one spot where I had a problem because I just had a problem everywhere. Mm-hmm. And now you can be like, oh, that really affected me here or that. Yeah. Well, I have a particular spot on my body that will break out in a rash if I've eaten the wrong thing. And now so much with carnivore, I don't have that. If I'm in my cream stage and I have too much cream, the rash will appear. If I think that I can have a couple of Brazil nuts for the selenium and I have a couple of Brazil nuts, my rash will come back. I have noticed like when I really went more carnivore, nuts are not my friend. No. And I wonder if it has something to do with, do you have a thyroid issue? I'm sorry, I forget. Okay, I did. And then it got better. So I technically don't have a thyroid issue right now, according to my last blood test, but I have had chronic thyroid problems in the past. Okay, because I think people with thyroid issues, because I have a thyroid issue, are more sensitive to nuts than those that don't have a thyroid issue. So I've been reading online, like on Instagram, with people that are posting their stories about their hypothyroidism. Anyway, off topic. So discussing about your body reacting to things, at the Keto Expo last week, there was a booth next to us who wasn't keto. They were selling coffee, this mushroom coffee or something. Oh, I've seen that. They are at a ton of expos, different yeah, mushroom so, coffee. Yeah, so this is a multi-level marketing company, right. but, and they're at keto expos. So Peter had a cup of coffee. Well, blow me, by the end of the night, my daughter goes, Dad, what's that? What are those bumps on your face? The whole side of his face, it's healing now, broke out in a rash. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's from the coffee. So his body just did not like whatever mushrooms were in there. So yeah, your body will tell you definitely, definitely. It's incredible. Yeah. And at least we're now sensitive enough to know before be like, oh, it just added to the pile of inflammation that was already there. And when I had had gone to an allergist and he said, if you eat the same thing all the time, you do develop immunity to it. So you'll be like a low level inflammation all the time. But when you take it out and then if you eat it, your body's not used to having it, you'll have a bigger reaction. So maybe that was one of the reasons why Peter oh, interesting. had yeah. a, a more severe reaction to it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. It's nice to not have that on a regular basis. Indeed, it really is. And it's also nice to have that kind of system in place to remind you not to eat certain stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes, that's why I'm giving up dairy again. <laughs> so, well, I've, been re- e- I've been reminded. I'm eager to, to uh, read your posts about it and follow your journey on that. Yes, I need to write more posts. I so much appreciate the people who are much better bloggers and Twitterers and than I am because they are they are putting out a lot of really good information and I feel like I'm always slacking in that area. Well, you can't be excellent at everything, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be excellent at everything. <laughs> yeah, so does Peter and he drives me crazy. Oh, it's so frustrating because it's like, well, I think I could manage my time better. But talking about you know, HRT for a while when I was doing, still eating all the dairy. Well, I, I've done better, but I was training really hard. Yeah. And I was not on the hormone replacement that Dr. Nally had given me. Mm-hmm. I was not functioning. 
like my brain stopped. In fact, I had lost two clients because I did not update their schedule and I just was not present. And Mm -hmm. it was because I was brain dead. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, that was scary because it's hard when you feel really good and then all of a sudden you feel really bad. Yeah. And then to try to dig yourself out of that hole. And some of it for me, like, because I coach endurance athletes and I love to ride with, I mean, I like to be out there and I just was doing too much for what my hormones, my 50-year-old hormones could handle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back with the swing of things. So that's, so let's talk a little bit about, since you switched to keto, how yeah. has that made you perceive like other things in life or, or like people in authority positions? Has that yeah. changed your perception of other areas in, in life? Well, I have to tell you again, I've always been a rebel. And That's what I like about you. Oh, thank you. Because um, I'm a little rebellious myself. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I'm one of three and I was always, I say the black sheep and I use it in quotation marks because I mean, every family member said that about me. And um, (laughs) yeah, I'm the same. (laughs) Yeah. I was always searching for answers because everything seemed like a contradiction to me. And I was always asking why. And, you know, to the point where my mother said, can you just stop asking why? So, you know, I I don't think you know this about me, but when I went to school, I actually wanted to be a journalist and I did take journalism in the beginning. You know, it was there that I found out that the media as well, we all know about the media nowadays and how controlling they are, but it was then that I learned about agenda setting as it was called back then and how they manipulate what they, and this was way before the internet, obviously how they manipulate what you read and what they were putting in the papers. Oh, and yes. That pissed me off because I thought, well, fuck, how am I going to be a, a journalist but report the news when I'm restricted on what I can say based on their agenda, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that pissed me off. So now with this ketogenic lifestyle, I mean, uh, my trust is very, very little. The only people I do trust is hilarious is well obviously my family my husband and my children but my ketogenic community I love my ketogenic community oh yes you know Jillian Zolos Zolos yeah from she was in Phoenix and I got to spend a couple hours with her and we were talking about keto stuff but we were talking about all kinds of other stuff and I was like oh my gosh when she left, got out of my car to go on, get on her plane, I was so sad. I'm like, I could spend oh. days with you. Oh, and I don't know her that well, so I'll have to talk to her more on the next cruise. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. so cool. Well, she was, you know, on the last cruise, she spent a lot of time with her husband, and I can mm-hmm. totally understand that. They're on a cruise together. Yeah. I get that she wanted to spend time with them, but it was, it would have been nice to spend more time talking to her because she's just so neat. I mean, all the keto people are neat. The people on the cruise were fabulous. I had gone on the September cruise before I went on the May cruise previously, and it Mm -hmm. wasn't as big, and the speakers weren't as outgoing. Mm -hmm. So this time was so fabulous in May to get to know all the speakers and the people in the audience. I mean, we're just, the attendees were just as amazing as the speakers. For sure. I mean, the questions that people are asking, it just, it sparks conversation and then the conversation is endless. I mean, you know, me and you were sitting out in the hallway for hours. Oh, I know. Yes. One night, right? So it's just wonderful. To your question there about how this has affected my um, trust and all that, I, it's, it's made it worse. <laughs> And I, I don't trust the medical community anymore to the point where if something's wrong, it's not bad enough that uh, thankfully I don't have to go to a hospital or anything. I know that my diet is, you know, is number one. There's not a lot that I trust in the media or online. That, well, when I say online, I mean the internet, right? Right. But you know, the sort of nice now that we can seek out people we're interested in. And yep. follow them directly. So, yeah, 
when we were younger, we're similar age. When I was in college, they had like a computer, like an area you could go to work on the computer. And it was just like, you know, six computers and they weren't even full. So it's, (laughs) you know, the reason why there are universities is because that's where the researchers and all the libraries were, where people could go. I mean, I still had to look up stuff in microfiche and through hard catalogs. You had to do research that way. And now you could find people that you resonate with and then you can contact them directly. You could go directly to their website. You can send them an email or, you know, send them a message, Twitter directly. Yeah. And there's a lot of conferences popping up that are keto. And even though we do have a, you know, I guess a complaint that some of the stuff at the conferences are not keto, at least that there are people gathering together. It's the gathering. Stephanie, it's the gathering and those people at the keto conference, personally, I don't attend and I try not to give them my attention. I went up to one of them that was selling barbecue sauce with date paste. Date paste? That's not keto. I know. So I turned the bottle and I looked at them and I said, there's date paste in here. And she goes, yes, it's very good for you. And it's low in sugar. I said, but sugar isn't ketogenic. She goes, oh, it won't affect you. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, and it just pissed me off. So I just try not to give them any attention. Right. Um, well, at least yeah. you called them out on it. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's a sugar. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, that's fine. They were there. It's okay. It's all good. I went and I, I talked to the meat people. <laughs> <laughs> butcher box. Oh, and yeah. It, I have butcher box. Yeah. Well, I, I like it. All right. Actually, I, Stephanie, oh my God, my poor Canadian butcher book. It's true local. I'm so sorry, true local. My goodness gracious. It's true local. Oh, here. oh, well, yeah. true local. Let's not, but I mean, <laughs> I love you, true I, local. <laughs> <laughs> I like butcher box. I just wish it, I mean, this is probably just me. I wish it had organ meat in it. I feel like I'm missing out. I feel like that's coming. Yeah. I, I feel that's going to be an option. Yeah. Because so if they could just add like, where is it? Um, U.S. Wellness Meats, which I don't know if they have that in Canada. Oh, they do. Because I just saw a Canadian link. But okay. you can order like um, ground organ meat, like ground heart, ground. Um, oh. and it comes ground all ground together. So, and then if you just mix it with beef and then you get the organ meat without having to eat it straight. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, so what was that called? U.S. Wellness Meats? Yeah, U.S. Well, I'll send you a link. Okay, all right, sounds good. Back to your question about how this has affected me in everything and about how I think about things and how I think differently. Part of the reason why Urban Ketopia is going in the direction that it is with the helping people because I want to be a source to people to come to that they can trust. Because I have a very hard time trusting anybody. So I want to be somewhere that people can come to and trust. Yeah. And that you'll give them an honest answer regardless. Yeah. And I've always said, if I don't have the answer, I will find the answer for you. And of course, I always ask Maria and Craig, right? Yeah. And they're the same. (laughs) If they can't find an answer for me, they'll find the answer. But that's what I love about this keto community, the willingness to share and to do research just like on twitter how many people are so i don't know they're very sharing very giving and they're very (laughs) and a little bit defiant which i sort of love too and i don't know if you have this perception but i feel like the vegan agenda or the vegan vegans are very aggressive and they don't mind like wearing their their self-righteous having like we're eating vegan because we quote, love the planet, love animals, yeah. which, which I really can't stand because only ruminants can reverse global warming. So mm-hmm. only movement patterns of ruminants can pull carbon from the atmosphere. But what I love about the keto carnivore community, when people post like ridiculousness, stuff like that, to someone who's a keto or carnivore, not they don't go and seek them out, but if they post something they're very quick to like hey wow wait a minute yeah defend them yeah yes 
I saw something on my personal Instagram the other day. I'm following someone from my childhood. I don't know why, but anyway, and she's a vegan and she was posting something about her son who just started grade nine. Do you know that they're teaching them in grade nine about veganism and how to protect the planet? Oh oh my God. They're brainwashing these children. Yeah. Yeah. It's so horrible. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness that I still ate meat, even though I ate all the other garbage. Because I did uh, about a year and a half, two two years of partly vegan, partly vegetarian diet, and that's when I got very, very, very ill. Yeah. And I just think it's so scary that they are doing this to the children. And some well, countries, based, oh, Stephanie, it's politically based and it's money. So yes. they're going to use everything in their power to spread their agenda. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Well, one of my clients works for the Savory Institute. Mm-hmm. And I was asking her, do you feel like the word is getting out about the Savory Institute and um, regenerative agriculture? Mm-hmm. And she said, yes. And then something that made me hopeful too, that Beto O'Rourke, who's running for president, talked about regenerative agriculture, and so did Bernie Sanders, talked about regenerative agriculture. That's the key word, is regenerative agriculture is what they call those movement patterns where they're sequestering carbon. So I was very hopeful that Mm -hmm. that word's getting out because it concerns me, the vegan agenda and these big ag that... Well, there's a lot of money behind it, right? Yeah, well, you know, look how many people look at Monsanto and Cargill, yep. all those big, big yep. seed producers, big grain producers. They will lose a lot of money. Well, they would Uh-oh. be out of business if people, if they went to 100% regenerative agriculture, which I don't think that will n- never happen. Well, I never say never. They would not be in business because nobody's buying their seeds, nobody's yep. buying their weed killer, nobody's buying their fertilizer nobody's buying any of that yeah i want to know though because of my rebellious nature and i don't trust anybody i want to know who's behind the big curtain because okay monsanto and all the farmers i will tell you it's the coke foundation the coke family because they make used to be coke brothers but one of them died and it's not only them i you know i i wonder even further what big money is behind there I don't know. Well, you want something that's really interesting. I just finished this book. I'm on a modern monetary fund. Right. Yeah. So I just finished the book, Austerity, A Bad Idea by Professor Mark Blythe. And it's about these ridiculous economic theories people have that have no basis in fact at all. It's just crazy. But Mm -hmm. he goes into basically all these economic theories since Adam Smith and how the good and bad parts of it. And then how these different government agencies and even the IMF implement monetary fund strategies and that they are not based in fact at all. And I'm sure that the researchers are getting money from somebody. And so, and then I'm also reading the economics of inequality by Thomas Piketty. So that one's very Paul Krugman talks a lot about Piketty. So I'm like, figured I needed to read this book. But it's amazing how people get ideas about things and it has to do with who's making the money. But it doesn't matter. They're like, and you know, there are some ethical people out there that they're like, come on now, let's look at the facts. There's no facts behind this. There's no. It all depends on how powerful and how much money they have. Right. Or who's paying them to say those things. Exactly. Exactly. So it's really interesting. And frightening and maddening. Yes. And that's the scary part because these things have been going on for centuries. You know, the idea of keto, it used to be called banting. That's from the 1800s. You know, banting was, William Banting was from, where was he? He wrote his um, document, um, William Banting. Why is that name familiar? Didn't he invent oh. penicillin or something? <laughs> no, no. There was a William Banting who did penicillin too. This guy is, uh, he was a mortician. Okay. 
he wrote this little pamphlet called um, something Letter on Corpulence Addressed to the Public. So it tells you about like, hey, I struggled my whole life to lose weight and I couldn't. So then he went to some doctor and he said, he was a funeral director. And so he said, you need to give up the starches. So he gave up the starches and lo and behold, he lost weight. So he was like, I'm going to share this. And he wrote a, a little pamphlet. And then the pamphlet he shared and got it out. And then they started calling it Banting and Bant. This Frederick Banting is who discovered, co-discovered insulin. And he was a relative of the Banting from William Banting. Hmm. So it was Banting for insulin, but that not the letter, not the guy who did. Got it. So that was in, what was the year he wrote that letter? Um, 1863. So 1863, it's been known that keto works. Because I've always said the 20s, but it goes as far back as 1890. Well, as 1863. 1863. There you go. 1863. It's because the people who make money don't like not making money. Upton Sinclair has a quote that says, it is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on him not understanding it. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that, that that's why so many people willingly look away or discount things or not Probably. think critically. I mean, because yeah. it's not, I know a lot of really good people who are caring human beings, but they have weird ideas because it's their profession. I know someone yeah. who was selling styrofoam cups. That was his job to distribute styrofoam cups. He has a family of, I think he has four or five kids and a wife to support. And mm-hmm. I told him, I always carry around a cup because I hate using paper or styrofoam cups. And it's just a personal thing of mine. I don't even like to drink out of a paper cup. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I'm like, he's like, brought these cups. I'm like, oh, I'll use my regular cup. You know, with the insulated lid so it stays hot when I was drinking coffee. <laughs> right. So he's like, he's like, oh no, it's better for the environment to use these styrofoam cups because the water used and the soap and the blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? He's mm-hmm. like, well, I could explain it to you. I'm like, I'm sure you probably could justify in your own head why styrofoam cups are okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think that there is a lot of people in, in areas that they willfully ignore things because their livelihood depends on it. That's right. That's right. And they, and they have other people that are depending on them. Yeah, it would be tragic if they suddenly realized that what they were doing is wrong and they had to stop doing what they were doing. So, yeah. It's yeah. sad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't think that they consciously do that. Like my doctor who I saw years in and out who prescribed me more and more allergy and asthma medication where I was on, you know, four different medications every month. I'm sure she thought she was doing the right thing. I'm sure she believed she was helping me. Mm-hmm. That still pisses me off because if I question things and back to me being a schmuck, these highly educated people who know a hell of a lot more than me can certainly think for themselves and think, well, maybe I should take a nutrition course. I am a doctor. <laughs> I don't have time, but maybe, you know, there's, uh, I shouldn't be dispensing so many meds to these people. Yeah. You know, just a, some sort of a little seed of a thought to make them think. That's all. Yeah. But there isn't. It's just a prescription after prescription. Oh, yeah. Self. But a lot of people want that too. I mean, I think that I've talked to people who are like, I don't want to change my diet. I just want to take a pill. Yeah. Well, and that that's the difference for me. Again, I know. I, yeah. 50, I wasn't going to be resigned to one of those people taking pills and being in a chair. That wasn't oh, no. I was going to take charge of my health and figure it out. I but, agree. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's why, I mean, both of us, 
continue to learn and, and try to help people in the process figure out what's going on with yep. ourselves. I feel like, you know, there's the saying, either be a good example or a horrible warning. I was the horrible warning. <laughs> I have, I've learned so many things because things went so horribly wrong for me. <laughs> the, the reason I adopted a, a vegan diet for a while, because Scott Jurek, an ultra runner, ate a vegan diet. He was so fast. And I thought, oh, well, that's the ticket. I need to eat a vegan diet. And I love beans and rice. So mm -hmm. I'm going to get fast and skinny and all these wonderful things. And all that happened was I became <laughs> more injured and broken. I got yeah. fatter and got worse acne and tore the fascia off my foot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So well. I thought, so I like, obviously that was a horrible warning. A vegan diet is a really bad idea. Yeah. But from that experience alone, you can help so many people because you've done it and you've done it for so long and you had so many injuries as a result, you know, <laughs> yeah. people can use you and abuse you and you're not. Hello. How are you, Peter? I'm good. How are you? Nice to hear from you. Nice to hear from you too. <laughs> yeah. How's life? You know we're doing the podcast right now, right? No, I didn't know that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so uh, if you're listening, that's Peter, who we were referencing earlier, Scandal's husband. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm sorry. Oh. It's all right. <laughs> it'll make it'll add spice to the podcast. <laughs> yes, he adds spice to my life, Stephanie. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> the uh, but you know, it's sort of funny how people react differently. Like I really have to stay keto or low carb or. I don't feel good. And my yeah. husband can eat all the garbage in the world and he's a skinny mini. And I keep reminding him that just because you're thin doesn't mean you're healthy. That's right. He, and what about the fat surrounding your organs? You can be skinny. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had a DEXA scan and I have hardly any visceral fat. I'm oh, done. yay. That's good. Yeah. I have lots of jiggly fat. So, but there's nothing around my organs. So the guy's like, oh, you have very little. You're, he's like, your visceral fat's excellent. It's like, oh, but the good. external fat is not excellent. No, <laughs> he didn't it, say that, but. It's what you called it, jiggly fat. I think I'm going to use that from now on. The jiggly fat. Well, I stole that from, what's his name? Um, Dr. Bickman, one mm -hmm. of his talks. He says, mm -hmm. you know, it's the jiggly fat you have to worry about. <laughs> He's like, I mean, no, no, it's the jiggly fat you don't have to worry about. Sorry. I, oh, I oh, oh. Do yeah. not worry about the jiggly fat. It's the internal fat that's the scary fat. Jiggly yeah. fat will not do anything to you, but give you insulation. <laughs> and make you like wear a bigger size of pants than you want. But it's not going to hurt, harm your heart. Yeah, exactly. And now that you know that you don't have any of that internal visceral fat, can give you a little bit of peace of mind, right? Yeah, but I think I want it all. I want to look good in a pair of... <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> of course. I want the small jeans. I want the... Um, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just irritated and frustrated with myself that I can't be happy with knowing like I can breathe well and I feel good. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's a whole separate... That's a whole separate issue. I do write a gratitude journal every day just to remind myself that I'm pretty darn lucky. I have some oh, pretty... That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Because we get caught up sometimes in our flaws and our perfections and we complain way too much and we forget how fortunate we are. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And like even like uh, other keto ladies, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of different keto peeps through the years and it seems like women especially are not content with their bodies yeah. even people have lost 100 or 150 200 pounds it's just like well i've lost 200 pounds but now i have this loose skin which i understand like hey i lost 200 pounds i want to look hot you can't discount the fact that you're a completely you lost a whole human being yeah yeah, yeah. women are harder on themselves I'm pretty hard on myself. Well, you're you know? like you're like a lady, dear. So that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, <laughs> but I think it is. It's true. People in general, I think men also have issues with their body image, but a lot of them don't talk about it. 
That could be. Yeah. That very well could be. Because oh, I've you. heard stories about men who feel insecure because they don't have, they're not buff or other things. But I don't know why Peter would be insecure because you look absolutely fine. Because I guess certain people, women and men, strive for perfection. Yeah, and he's a so now, that's true. Yeah. And you're never and you're never satisfied, Stephanie. Some people are just never satisfied. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. It's I guess that's why you get people that look in the mirror that are completely skinny and think that they're still heavy. They're, yeah. Right. They, they they still see jiggly bits. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why there's anorexics. Yeah, 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 exactly. At some point, that becomes a mental issue and not a physical. Well, yeah. that's always yeah. a mental issue, not a physical issue. Yeah, which is always a great conversation as well, right? Oh, yeah. Because it's, we all have issues to some degree. Yes. I think so yeah. anyway. But you know what? I think sometimes if we didn't have any issues, like how boring life would be. If you felt like you were perfect and everything, oh, I'm just perfect. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing and be like, I think it's better to question and strive. So I think I'd rather be on the little too much on the extreme end of one area than, than to be complacent on the other. Well, it keeps you going, right? Yeah. It keeps seeking answers. and Oh, I have to tell you, so changing subjects a little bit, Sandra. So people who are listening to this, I met with Jillian Zolas. I've done 23andMe, and she showed me how to upload my raw data to these different websites and mm -hmm. decode it. And there are so many interesting things that your DNA that sort of dictates your personality. Like, oh, get out. Yes. How uptight you are. Just oh, no things. way. Isn't that amazing? It's, in, it's actually written in your DNA. Oh, that's my. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> you had sort of interesting. <laughs> is that there are even genes that say whether you can carry a tune or not and i i cannot <laughs> carry a tune so oh, i don't i don't uh, have the genes where i can sing i might have to listen to you sing one day can you send me that link then oh that? yes yeah that's fascinating well i am going to have to end our call i have another appointment after this okay. but it was so okay. so fun talking to you Yay. so uh yes. So fun. I can't wait till I see you guys again. All right. Know, first, thanks. tell people where they can find you, Sandra. So my ketogenic spot, it's low carb ketogenic because my business partner is low carb. Urbanketopia.com. My personal is Lady Brond. Please give us a follow on Urban Ketopia. I try to put out a lot of informative posts out there about my own journey and what I've experienced. And I'd love to hear from everybody else. It's just so wonderful to hear from each and every one of you. I agree. And Sandra has some really yummy looking recipes and food that she posts. I will have links in the show notes of all these things where you can find her and track her. And hopefully um, you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. It was great, Stephanie. And let's try to do this again. And thank you to everybody out there. And thank you for having patience with my first ever podcast. It's been okay, fun and fabulous. I'll talk to you yeah. later. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.